and welcome to Faith Facts with Father Howard. I'm Lindsay, here with Father Howard, and on today's episode, we are discussing sacraments. So let's get started. I think just to, you know, get it out there, you should probably just list all seven sacraments. We can list all seven sacraments. You have, you know, you have baptism, confirmation, Eucharist, which are sacraments of initiation. You have reconciliation and anointing of the sick, which are often referred to as sacraments of healing. And then you have marriage and holy orders. Baptism, confirmation, Eucharist, reconciliation, anointing of the sick, marriage, and holy orders. When it comes to the sacraments, there are so much about them that we presume we know. And and yet there is a rich history that, that they come out of. And and, and, and I always like to help people understand is that no one sat down at some point and said, you know, Jesus did not sit down and saying, hmm, how many sacraments do I want? Is that he would have not have understood our sense of sacrament at this point in time. And he never made a list. He said, I think we'll go with seven because that's a perfect number or something like that. Is that there's a rich tradition out of which these these sacraments come. For example, at one point there was only one sacrament, at another point there were three, at another point there was 11, at another point wow. there was nine, and we finally settled over centuries, we finally settled on seven. Because so, it's a perfect number or because that's a good amount? Probably both and, you know, I am sure that the number seven had something to do with it. Um, I'm not sure how much, but it would not surprise me. I, I, I didn't discover something with that. But again, seven days of the week, seven, you know, I'm not surprised. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised. I couldn't say that for sure. But it comes out of a, a, a rich tradition as the church ponders and saying, you know, how do we grow in an understanding of of God's presence, of how God works. And, and, and sacrament used to be a very, very broad term. Uh, eventually, the seven sacraments were there, <clears throat> and other things were called sacramentals, you know, ways that God's uh, presence is reflected. <clears throat> sacrament, just the word, again, just a little bit of history, because I think it helps us understand, you know, kind of where some things come from. The, the, the word is, is rooted in the, the Latin word sacramentum, which means an oath or a pledge. That's, that's what the root. And, and so when you look at the seven sacraments, these are the seven principal ways or rites through which you might say we as a church have discerned that, that people experience the presence of God, the, the, the grace of God, the, the influence of God. <clears throat> and as I had mentioned, is that this list was honed to seven, you know, uh, first in the 12th century. So you're talking, you know, 12, 1100 years, you know, after Jesus, mm -hmm. that we finally came up with a list of seven. Otherwise, as I mentioned, it was all over the place and for lots of different reasons or depending upon what, where you lived or what particular church you were part of at the time would make a difference as to uh, how many sacraments you had or, or what you practiced or how you perceived God's presence in the world. But it was finally honed to seven uh, in the 12th century or the 1100s. And until then, you know, it, it had a, a broader meaning, as I mentioned. Um, but in any way, it was, 
you know, a sacrament was considered, you might say, any manifestation of God's presence or God's power. And they would call it a sacrament. That's why there were so not many of them over a period of time. All of them somehow rooted, and this was, was a key thing, all of them somehow rooted and, and in the, um, I'd say, the, the, the life, suffering, death, and resurrection of Jesus. That was the foundation. That was the basis in which these were rooted. What I found out that I, um, what I didn't know, which was interesting, that the term for sacrament, there was a secular usage for that term. Uh, so it's, again, it's not just a, 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 a church term. There was mm -hmm. a secular usage. And it was an oath that a soldier took when entering into the military. And it was, uh, this oath was made to a general, and this oath was then accompanied by a branding of the search of the of the soldier Ooh. with a brand mark of the general under which he served. And so when you think about our definition of sacrament, the say one of the more traditional definitions, an outward sign instituted by Christ to give grace. Well, again, these things, so many of these things, when you think about a lot of what we do in church, they're developed out of uh, out of the um, they're developed out of the secular world in many ways. And so this outward sign was really, it was reflective of, you might say, the brand that a soldier had on his arm under the general that he was, and if he ended up with another soldier, he got another brand. Oh my gosh. Uh, so this was an outward sign which said, this is who I serve, this is whom I'm under. And it was also a way so that when soldiers deserted, you could pretty much figure out where they belonged where they came and, from. and where they came from. Oh my gosh. Um, so it's, it's important that it's, again, going back with some of the history of this, is that at no time, you know, did Jesus sit down and saying, oh, I want to discover marriage or I want to discover orders or I want to discover... They're rooted in the scriptures, certainly, and, and so we say instituted by Christ, mm -hmm. rooted in the things he taught. And each of them have, have uh, scriptures pointed to where, where we kind of get them from. But, you know, and, and we'll go into this a little bit later as we talk about specifics. But just a quick example is that the sacrament of baptism, you know, rooted in many ways in the pagan drowning rituals that they used for boys who were coming into adulthood, into a tribe. There were drowning rituals. And much of, you know, when we think of the baptismal ritual, particularly when we talk about, you know, uh, plunging a person into a river or into a, a mm -hmm. bath or into a baptismal font, immersion, total immersion, yeah. it's, it's rooted in oftentimes the pagan drowning rituals that, that were practiced by tribes in many parts of the world. Like, what do you mean? They threw kids in to see if they could swim? or No, they basically they took the 13, 12, 13-year-old 13 boy who was going to be entering adulthood uh -huh. and who would be then a member of the tribe and have authority. And basically the elders would take him into the water and they would hold his head underwater until just about he drowned and pull him back up. And then they would do it again and pull him back up. And it was a reminder to the young man, you need us. We need you. But you need us, because without us, you're dead. Mm. Think about that as, as barbaric, but it brought across the point. And when you live in a culture where you are dependent on each other for life, that without the tribes, the warriors, and without you know, the people who are harvesting, is that without everybody in the tribe, 
you couldn't survive. And it was a reminder at a person at a very young age, don't become arrogant, don't become cocky, we need each other. Mm -hmm. And so when you look at baptismal rites, you start to look at all of those. I get some of this. There's a wonderful, wonderful book, if anybody were looking at sacraments, the history of and development of sacraments. Uh, Joseph Martos, uh, M-A-R-T-O-S. Joseph Martos wrote the book, Doors to the Sacred. And it takes the history and development of, of the sacraments. There's been an updated version. One of the best books on sacraments I've ever read. And it just has such rich history about where these came from so that somehow we don't see them somehow Jesus as magically de developing seven sacraments. These came out of an experience of the life, death, resurrection of Jesus Christ. They came out of an experience of the church. They came out of, you know, how life was lived in the secular plane. And, and, and these all then kind of rose to the top of these key ways that we as people, as human beings, experience in significant ways the power, the presence, the movement of God in our lives. And so when entered into freely and, 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 and deliberately, these can really make a huge, huge difference in how we live and how we love and how we live out this, this call to discipleship that the Lord gives to all of us. <clears throat> a, little, a little more history, because I think the history is so important to some of this is that um, in the 11th and 13th centuries, so now you're, you're moving along a little bit, there was a, um, a more sy systematic or systemic approach to sacraments to where they became, you might say, part of the structure, part of the, the rites and the rituals of the church. And, and, and as I mentioned a little bit before, it's kind of like the cream rising to the top. These uh, seven ways were, were, were distinguished from all the other sacramentals or sacraments that the church had over time, that these seven key ways um, were, were, were kind of brought to the top. One of the best definitions is still the one of the oldest ones, and this literally, this, this definition goes back to, to its very beginnings. This sense of an outward sign, something lived on the plane where we live. We don't live on just a spiritual plane. An outward sign instituted by Christ, that indeed we believe and we find that all of our sacraments go back to Jesus, go back to things he taught, things he said, things he revealed over time, instituted by Christ to give grace. That when we enter these, when we celebrate these well, that we celebrate them, you know, uh, in, in such a way that we believe that the grace and the power of God is truly part of that and helps to bring about the very thing that we celebrate. That, that when these are celebrated again well, that there is no question. Uh, and I suspect that most of us would probably say that, you know, as we've celebrated this, that somewhere, somehow, we have had a powerful experience in saying, you know what, God was very much a part of that. God was very much a part of that. Um, and so, Outward Shine Institute by Christ to give grace. More modern scholarship, you know, I would say after the... Um, the, uh, you know, Second Council and such, that would say that the very first sacrament was Jesus. He was the very first sacrament, the presence of the divine in the human race. Mm. And an so, outward sign. Yeah, an outward sign is, so. you know, that he was the very first sacrament, okay? Um, and modern scholars would say 
that when we talk about genuine sacraments, not sacramentals, but sacraments, is that they would also say that the church is a sacrament. So what's the difference between a sacramental and a sacrament? A sacramental is, is something that simply reflects the presence of God. As we talked a little bit about those, you know, in the past, the sacramentals, you know, like a rosary or a crucifix, they remind us of, of something that is sacred. They rem but they, we would say they don't, they don't participate in the, in the reality. We would say sacraments participate in the reality that you are talking genuinely of the presence of God in these in these sacred moments that that when and then we talk also about the the parts of a sacrament that, that that make it what it is that there is a reality that these sacraments participate in and and bring to us the grace the presence of God that they bring about the very thing that they celebrate or that that we celebrate in them as opposed to a sacramental reminds us of something but we would not necessarily it brings the very thing we celebrate to reality. So there's a, a key, there would be a key, uh, a key difference. Right. And that's why the separation that we call other things sacramentals, they represent, they reflect, or whatever. These sacraments bring about the very thing that they celebrate. There's a reality there that's bigger than, than just what the ritual is. The, um, the other thing uh, when we talk about sacraments is that one of the things I also like people to, to understand is that whenever we celebrate a sacrament, we're celebrating, we're celebrating the past, the present, and the future. What I mean by that is this. A person doesn't wake up one morning and say, mm, I'm going to be married today. I'm deciding to be married. Or a person doesn't wake up one morning and say, oh, I'm going to decide to be a priest today. Or I'm going to be a Christian in the morning. Or I'm going to whatever. These are things that happen and, and takes into account both past, present, and future. Let's take, for example, marriage. When you think about marriage, you know, and when you celebrate the sacrament, you are celebrating in many, I should say in many ways, is that the couple, when they approach that altar, they're already married. We just haven't celebrated it yet. They celebrate the past, everything from the moment they've met, they celebrate how they were raised, all of that. From the moment this couple met, something happens to where they come to a point, some sooner than others, but they come to a point saying, I can commit myself to this person for the rest of my life. I love this person. I, you know, I believe that, that my life is, 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 is somehow changed in a way because of the depth of the love that we have for each other. The past, the present. I, I proclaim that I I I want to I want to shout this from you know from 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 the mountaintops. I want to be able to go you know into a church again act of faith. I want to be able to go in, into a church and to proclaim it to everybody that this is for life. This is done freely. This is done willingly. I am not placing any conditions in the bad, the good, the ugly. I love it all. And I'm willing to commit myself to it all at this moment and for the rest of my life for what is yet to come. Have no clue where it's going to take me. But I am willing to love that person in the good and the bad and wherever the journey takes me. 
And so we, we, we do, we celebrate the past, the present, the future. We, we do it by the rites, the rituals, the exchange of rings, all sorts of things. And, and so we are recognizing that somehow we recognize that God is in the midst of it all. If any human being knew, knew I believe, if they knew what this commitment would ask, whether it's a marriage, whether it is a priest or whomever, if we knew what these commitments would demand of us, we'd probably all run screaming out of churches. We wouldn't do it because what is it but recognizing we know what has been, we know where it is today, but we have no clue where it's going to take us. I think that if we would just throw out the need of somehow holding a people accountable, do sacraments then become meaningless? Um, do they become just empty rituals that we go through because that's what society expects? Or do we go through them because we believe that nothing less than the grace, the power of the divine will help us to accomplish what we are committing ourselves to? So there's a lot, there's a lot to that. Also with, with sacraments, as we start to look at this, you know, when it comes to sacraments, um, there, is, there are three major parts to a sacrament. You have the form, you have the matter, and you have what is called the character. Now, these have changed over years, but, but we still talk about form, matter, and character. Form is basically the verbal formulas. Somehow, there is a verbal formula. I baptize you in the name of the Father. Correct. That, that type or, of thing. you know, I, I, you know, Henry, take you, you know, Gertrude, da 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 those sure. formula. It's either something that the people say, the individuals say, or it's something that the, the priest or the, the presider says. Okay. And words, these are words and actions that shape the rite of the sacrament. Um, the form is generally saying what is minimally necessary for those present uh, to ensure that a sacrament was celebrated. So you, you know, I baptize you. And sometimes the form and matter, the action and such, has to go together. Uh, and in ways, because otherwise, you know, for example, with baptism, you have to say the words and pour the water <laughs> at the same time. Because in and some, what if you don't? It's not valid for our church, for it to be sacramental. Form and matter has to take place. The matter, the matter is the material element and or gesture that is used. So, for example, the matter in Eucharist is bread and wine. The matter of, of, in baptism is the threefold pouring of water, the immersion, or whatever it might be. The matter in orders is the laying on of hands. And then what you have is called the sacramental character. Similar, you might say, in the, on the secular plane, you know, the sacramental was the brand on the arm. Mm -hmm. You know, there was, a, there was a character. There was a, uh, a distinctive mark. Well, we believe that in some of these sacraments is that the sacramental character is a distinctive mark, which for some of them uh, means that they are not repeated. So, for example, baptism confirmation is, is not repeated, <clears throat> orders is not repeated. So, uh, so, so baptism, confirmation, holy orders, um, they leave what is called a, a character imprinted on the soul. Now, in the beginning, um, we call it, you know, a spiritual indelible mark, you might say. Um, and it's for this reason that it changes 
it changes in a very specific ways our relationship to the church and to God. The patristic writers, late first century, early second century, these are the spiritual writers that went off uh, because they believed that Christianity was becoming too popularized. It was becoming too much of a bandwagon. And many of them went off into caves and into monasteries and such and began to reflect uh, spiritually on, on the things that we as a church believed. And so many of their early writings really are reflective of, of where did we come from and, and what does this mean and, and why do we celebrate it? These writers spoke about a seal, um, uh, about somehow that there was a, a special mark. And where did they get that from? Um, they got it from basically the book of Revelation, which talked about the seal of, of, of being, you know, again, it was similar to that brand of the soldier. Think of it in that term. But they, they talked about that being on the soul of a person. Second uh, Corinthians, Ephesians speak about this, that it was the seal was was provided, you might say, by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit permanently put a seal on the person. And so uh, the non-repeating then of these sacraments, because they believed it changed one to such a degree, you know, it goes back also to Augustine uh, in, in the early 400s, um, talked about that, that these change us in such a way that, um, or set a seal on us, um, you know that that they they couldn't be they couldn't be celebrated more than once, and we carry much of that through to this very day, um, and so they also saw it as changing our relationship to God. More contemporary uh, theology really looked at it of, of a uh, moved away from this understanding of the character as a thing, and emphasized more much more a sense that with the reception of these sacraments. It changes the relationship to Christ, and it changes our relationship to the church. Um, so it's it's really you know significant in that regard of uh, that it's not so much a thing as much of a how we grow and how our relationship changes, you know to you know in any number of ways to a lot of things. Mm -hmm. But uh, so and and this is found really. Um, in the dogmatic constitution of the Second Council, the dogmatic constitution on the church, which was written in 1964, is um, it says about baptism that baptism is that which appoints all Christians to religious worship and witness to faith. All Christians, and not just Catholics. And, and that was really kind of the jumping off point in many ways of why we as, um, you know, a church we started to look at baptism, you know, much baptism and the other sacraments, um, in a much different way. Mm -hmm. So there's a, a rich history to all of this. Uh, like I said, you know, we presume we know so much, and and yet there is just such grace, such power that that sacraments. We talk a little bit about this, you know, when we talk about a couple of other things, but you cannot be forced into a sacrament. Um, that they must be entered freely. They must understand, you know, it's not one size fits all. And sometimes, sometimes we can fit into a mentality that one size fits all and that everybody has to do it in lockstep. That's not what our sacraments teach. This is a process. This is somebody as you grow in faith. And some people grow in that faith a whole lot later. 
And I know there are all sorts of arguments against that. I tend to be one that said, let the spirit do the spirit's work and let us not try to force that upon people. Um, I think sometimes I've heard like we're afraid we're going to lose them. I, God never loses anyone. God never loses anyone. You know, we might as a church might not be able to write the numbers down in the book. Mm -hmm. God does not lose a person. And if the person is truly walking a faith journey, God will take care of the rest. And I think we have to trust that more. Hmm. But so there's so much to sacraments. <laughs> so this was kind of our overview on sacraments. Right. In our next couple episodes, we're going to take initi initiation sacraments and then... Sacraments of healing. There you go. And then... And then Sacraments of commitment, as we call sometimes. Maybe not necessarily in that order. We'll see what the Spirit moves us right. to do, but that's kind of where we're headed next to break down a little further each of the sacraments. Right. Lots, lots to so, talk about. Lots of good stuff. So you. get ready. We've just started. Amen. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Amen.